What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. The Hounds got a huge three points from the top team in the East midweek, then got slacked on Saturday, and we're going to break it all down. Let's go! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. I just realized, had Kenny Forbes scored in either two games this weekend, it would have been, the intro song would have been the exact order of the goals we got, because we had Greenspan score, then Brett score, and then no nobody scored, but if it, anyway. <laughs> Ugh, guys, this has been one friggin' heck of a week, I think, emotionally. Um, I, Josh, do you, do you want to start us off here? Um, we got we got the win on Wednesday, so we got we to gotta do it. There's a victory beverage involved. All right. We did it. Let's talk about New York first. <laughs> Let's talk about the good. Let's and then t- we'll talk about <laughs> yeah. And the good was oh so good. Like, it, it, jumping, like, just immediately past the game, I think. I put it out on Twitter. Like, the pride that I felt in the guys, because there was so much that was happening in this game. It especially felt like early on. They were just sort of withstanding New York, and we we couldn't really play our game. It was really scattered back and forth in the first half. Nobody had really settled, and it seemed like once we came out in the second half, we really started to settle in and force New York into playing our game, which I think was probably the most impressive thing to me. I think even if that game ended up as a draw, I would have been impressed that we were able to hang in there and will our way into playing the way that we wanted to play but then ultimately to to walk away from new york with the full three points was was um i don't want to say it was unexpected but it was definitely a pleasant surprise so i guess if i say surprise that means it's unexpected i'm gonna stop talking josh what what's what are, what's one of your takeaways <laughs> from this one no i mean I, I hear what you're saying though because this was you know this is the top team in the east and it is a lot of people's favorite team to win uh, the league, really. So the fact that we were able to go into their house uh, and come out with three points was a testament to how good the Riverhounds are this year and how good they can be. Um, so it, it was one of the things where it's like, all right, yeah, this could happen. We could, like, if we, you know, we're pretty much not guaranteed to make the playoffs, but I think mathematically it's pretty uh, hard for us not to make the playoffs at this point. Uh, just, you know, how the games are going to shake out probably. So it's one of those things where you could see if this team's firing on all cylinders that that's how good they are. So it was kind of reassuring to see that because, I, I, you know, we've been banging that drum for at least the last half of the season. It's been like, yeah, this team is as good as all the other teams out there. Uh, it was kind of nice to see that for sure. <laughs> yeah, and especially with there were two things that, not necessarily were against us, but the Red Bulls had not lost at home at all this season. And we had never, like never, won in New York against the Red Bulls. And so to go in and get three points against a top team in the East, against a team that had never lost at home, against a team we had never beaten in the arena, it's pretty cool. Kev, uh, what'd you think? I'm still getting over the fact that you used schlacking and friggin within like 15 seconds. <laughs> Man, that's, that's been bothering you for a little while now. Yeah, it's, I've been holding on. I, I haven't heard a word you guys have said. It's just been stupid. Um, 
No, I'll start actually with my impressions of Red Bulls. I, I, mean, I think if they, if the Red Bull, if that's the, the Red Bulls' level, I mean, I don't watch Red Bulls week in, week out. Um, but if that's their level, I mean, I, they were good. I don't, let's not take that away from them. But I, I was expecting a much more difficult challenge. I mean, if you're, if you're anywhere near good, on corners or set pieces. I mean, Red Bulls look terrible defending set pieces. The fact that Greenspan gets two clear headers in the six-yard box back-to-back and, and like, luckily buries the second one, I mean, that that should not happen, especially for the team top of the East or whatever. And then we go on and get another, you know, set-piece chance um, later in the game that, that gets kind of, like, cleared off the line by the Red Bulls. Um yeah, I mean, look, they created a couple chances against us, and you know, Morton had to make a couple good saves. Uh, but I thought we created the better chances. I thought we created more chances. I, you know, and and we did this, yeah, in their house. Um, so yeah, no, I I, I I thought we played well, but n- not like significantly better than we have been. Um, it felt like we kind of played at our level with our guys. You know, our our. our our starting eleven, I think we would all pick, and with the subs that we'd all pick, you know, Velarde and Valeski um, contributing to uh, Brett's finisher in the what eighty fourth minute or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I was I was expecting a bigger kind of heavyweight clash, and it was still a good game. Red Bulls are still a good team, but I thought we just kind of like I don't know. It almost felt like we didn't have to break that much of a sweat to, to get the three points, and yeah, the the Hounds played really well. But is that more a testament of how well the Hounds have been doing and what you've been watching on a weekly basis for the past few weeks? I, or yeah, is it's, it... it's a combination of that and and I don't, yeah, I guess, and a combination of me not watching the Red Bulls that much. Um, maybe they had enough game, it's very possible, but I, I wasn't super, I, I think I, I've been more impressed by the likes of like Tampa and Indy this year um, than, than what I saw out of the Red Bulls. Interesting. I can kind of see that. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. It, it was definitely a game where it didn't feel like it was a giant mountain for us to climb. I will say, though, that Hounds in the past, we've talked about before, they get scored on, and then it kind of goes downhill from there. The fact that Red Bull scored first, and then we clawed our way back to the 2-1 victory is also something that I'm super proud of uh, to see this team do. It, you know, the B at Red Bull and have all that weight on their shoulders, knowing it's a top team, knowing they never beat them, and then to be able to claw their way back from a losing position in this game, that is just, I don't know, there's a lot of positives to take out of this game. Also, I mean, like, credit to Morton, because, you know, he, I don't actually, I wanted to ask you guys about the Red Bulls' first goal, how Morton has the ball, he's getting pressured from a Red Bulls player, and then he kind of scuffs his kick, and the Red Bulls end up scoring off of it. How much blame do you place at Morton for that goal um and like how much do you think it was just like our defense not backing him up well enough or whatever I mean I'm trying to think back but basically the clearance was right to a Red Bulls player yeah wasn't it and then they turned in transition and scored so I think my only thing with that is I'm I'm fairly certain Morton is right-footed. So I mean, he gets okay. So the Red Bulls player presses him, so he forces he forces Morton on with his left foot. And at that stage, you can you can see. I mean, none of our defenders are really kind of showing for the ball. No, none of them are are really kind of. They're like okay, you have to kick this long. And when he's on his weaker foot, and like 
yeah, he doesn't get all of it. It's not a it's not a ten yard scuff. I mean, he still gets some distance on it, but just looking at it. And usually, I'm the first one to to kind of slaughter the goalkeeper. But um, I, I don't I don't think our defensive shape helped him at all in that in that scenario. But but my my point being is, yeah, I mean, it, Morton is at least partly to blame for that first goal and the fact that he bounced back so well and and made you know a couple of decent saves to to make sure that the game didn't get away from us. You know, he, it's, it's easy to kind of let your head drop in those scenarios and he didn't. So, um, you know, hopefully that's a sign that Morton's kind of continuing to grow in confidence and, and a part of the season that we're going to need him to. Well, and I'd argue too, I mean, this is jumping ahead a bit. Uh, yeah, the next game we lost five, nothing, but I still felt like Morton had a pretty decent game. Yeah. I mean, that game hard to say It, it got completely away from us. It's, it's hard to say, you know the keeper but before we get yeah before before we get to that i i will back you i will say that i think that especially early in the season i think a lot of us were really shaky on the notion of having morton be our number one but especially down this stretch and again a lot of it is the competition that you're playing against but you have to play the competition that you're playing he's done well like i i mean he's there were a number of times in in the recent in the, in the most recent five games where kev i think you like to talk about you've got to make the saves that your team needs you to make. And it felt like there were a number of times where he did just that, where, you know, sometimes it's one-on-one with the keeper and it, the keeper has to make the save. And it's, it's just because of everything that happened in front of him. And he did that. So um, I am somewhat confident as we continue to go down this stretch here with Morton as the number one, um, you know, just to sort of see where this team goes. So, yeah. Um, other takeaways from this game, uh, you know, like I said, I think especially I sort of liken it, and this is sort of an extreme, but I remember when the Penguins won the Stanley Cup, like the first time in recent memory, which when I say recent, it was probably eight years ago at this point, like going to sleep and waking up and still feeling slightly um, buzzed, not because I was drinking, but just because I was like so excited and happy and proud and all of that. Like this was the first game this season that I sort of woke up the next morning and I was like, yeah, like we just beat the first place team and we look good doing it. And it was great. And so I think just that level of like, okay guys, like, yeah, you got this. This is good. Um, not, not, not to bring this down, at all, but, but, going to. but yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> Let's go, Eeyore. Does it still feel? Does it still feel kind of weird that you just said like, yeah, we beat the number one te- like number one team in the East, the New York Red Bulls too. Like, there's there's something about that. It's just oh crap. Like, really, the top I of the mean, table is okay. like a, a two team, and that's that just you know, Josh, you talk about this, and it's just, it does. Okay, it does in a vacuum, me. you're right. I understand what you're saying. The MLS two team, but New York has a history in this league now like it's been long enough where red bulls too they've won titles they've they've gone to the playoffs and like it's it's not like this team is known for being meh because they're they're not they're known for being a tough team so it's easy for me to kind of like separate the fact that there are two teams the fact that they only had 700 people at the stadium for this game the fact that made the joke you know they go to the red bulls house to win when there's only like half of or like the whole stadium is pretty much empty so it might as well have been a scrimmage but still it, they're as a team they are a tough team to beat they know how to play and they know how to put pressure on and usually they snowball teams if they you know get 
the right chemistry going, and they often do. So it is impressive in that fact, just because of the fact that they do have this history in this league. Yeah, And their goal scorer, Vincent Bezicourt, I mean, he's an MLS guy who's got MLS minutes that's just sort of rehabbing and working his way back in. So, you know, the guy's clinical, and Greenspan and Adewale pretty much shut, I mean, with Morton behind him, pretty much shut him down for most of the game, except for the turnover that Morton sort of gave him a freebie. And so, you know, again, that's just something else to be proud of. Um, I, yeah, I, I really, ha- I don't think I have really many other words for this game. I guess, guys, were there any other takeaways that you have um, from this 2-1 to victory? For some reason, I feel like I've talked about this before, but I don't know, like on a podcast even. But anyway, uh, I love the storyline of the the double goal or the double shot from uh greenspan him going for that header the first time and and being denied that goal it was a great header and it looked like you know he he did everything right there and it was a great corner but then to have another opportunity and he does it again and that time he goes in it was just like you know fist pumping in the air like that's right (laughs) yeah persistence and doing what you have to do to get the job done there was a lot of fist pumping in this game. There was. It really was. And it was a fun game. And, it, yeah. I mean, it was stressful. I mean, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Especially going down early. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. Just all the points that pop into my head of, of things I want to talk about are can be perceived as negative things here. I, just, I, <laughs> I can't help myself. But, no, I, so my other I guess, like, uh, you know, regarding Greenspan, I kind of want to say, like, yeah, like, about time. You should be scoring a lot. I mean, like, <laughs> what, he has – I think he has two – Two this season or something? That that might be a second. I mean, with, I think he has more than two. Like he's he's. Uh, um. <laughs> We're looking up. Keep talking. Keep talking. Uh, stretch. Um, yeah. No, I don't know. Like I think, you know, it, with how good he is in the air, he and and with how good you know, Forbes has been on set pieces, uh, we should be getting a lot of more goals from from our center backs with Greenspan and Adewale. Josh, yeah, it's only, it's only two. You're yeah, right. and I, I want to say Adewale probably equally has two as well. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think we need to we we need we need more production out of them, and so it's good that he, it's good he got his goal and all that. Kind of, but I, I think what didn't Laura Ellen say Greenspan was going to be the lead goal scoring <laughs> uh, person at the end of the year? He got he got to pick it up. Yeah. He got he got to get like a hat trick next game. Um, you got some making up to do here. Yeah. So so yeah, I, it's good to see. But yeah, he he needs to be more productive in on set pieces and corners. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm almost like worried. Am I wrong? Am I, no, you're, okay. you're not wrong. Well, that... You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But like now, I'm almost worried to talk about this next game because I feel like you're just gonna stunt. This is gonna go one of two ways. You're either gonna like really pummel us under the ground, yeah. or you're gonna flip it around and be like, "This game wasn't as bad yeah. as you'd think." No, like it, I thought yeah. we did fine. So, um, <laughs> all right. Any other thoughts about New York guys before we move on to North Carolina? No, I mean just like we said with uh, the hustle, of this team and be able to get the job done, and it was fantastic to see. Yeah. No, I agree. It was it was a great. Um, it was a great moment, and and especially midweek game. You know, we sort of talked about going into it, about how the game the previous weekend. I can't even remember who we played at this point. I'm totally blanking. But like the team was definitely built so that we could put our full lineup out against the Red Bulls. We did that. Um, you know, okay. Swope I guess transit. Swope Park. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So let's let's talk about this briefly. Transitioning into the North Carolina game. 
last Monday, a week ago from today, we talked about what we thought was going to happen and what we wanted to have happen. And I remember I set the over-under for these two games at three and a half points. And both of you guys took, actually, I think all three of us took the under and said we thought there was going to be less than three and a half points. That's okay. And we sort of said that we thought that the more important game out of the two to win was against North Carolina for points reasons. Mm-hmm. Now that it's sort of shaken out the opposite way, where we get three points against Red Bulls and we lose to North Carolina, Josh, how are you feeling? I mean, does that do you do you feel like you thought you were going to feel last Monday about it, or where where do you stand at this point? No, I mean, yes, you know. So I didn't think like I I knew the more important game was uh, North Carolina, and I guess i didn't even it didn't even cross my mind of us like winning new york i was thinking like we're either going to draw in new york or lose and then hopefully win in north carolina so like i didn't think of this outcome for some reason (laughs) i but now that it has happened i do think i still feel the same it's it's this should have been the game we won and i would have feel a lot better about the situation that we're in right now um, it's kind of also depressing to, to look at the standings and be like, oh, we're still in six, even though we got that three points and womp womp. So yeah. it, it would have been so much nicer to get that win, move up ahead of North Carolina, and at least seen some forward momentum in the table. Uh, and we're just not seeing that with this win. Yeah. Kev, how, how are you feeling after you know your prediction last week? I, I, I think I predicted three points, and I think I actually predicted it this way. Um, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I think it's fine. I think it, it would have been even sal- salvageable if we just got a point. And so, no, I, I think this still puts us in a fine position. If you look at the next uh, next couple games, we have we have three home games in the next four. Uh, you know, I, I fully expect us to get you know, nine, if not 10 or 12 points, um, over these next four games. And so that, that should, you know, push us right back up to where we kind of mentally see ourselves. Um, so no, I, I think it's, I think it's absolutely fine. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about the game a bit. So the hounds go to North Carolina. Um, the report was they never even came home. They basically went from New York to North Carolina, stayed there, trained, um, honestly, the first five minutes of this game, it felt like the Hounds were the dominant team. It was like, all right, we're picking right back up where we left off. And then all of a sudden, the team sort of stopped pressing and just let North Carolina pass the ball around. And it felt like from that point on, we were playing with 11 guys behind the ball and really just sort of trying to take our chances on the counter. Which my initial instinct was like, well, you know, the guys are tired. This is their third game in the week. I totally get it. But when I went back and looked... Out of our front, uh, what, six? Um, the only two players that started the game against Red Bulls was Kenny Forbes and Dos Santos. Everybody else that started the North Carolina game did not start. They, they, they may have played the last 30, but they definitely didn't play the entire game in New York. So part of me wants to say, yes, the team was tired. You know, again, third game in a week. But on the flip side, it's kind of like... I, that almost feels like you're giving them a pass in some ways until you sort of look at the the stat or when you look at the the stats and it's kind of like mm, 
you know, I don't know. I still get that they're tired. I think it was Matt Geica who said, you know, when you sort of look at the schedule and everything that shakes out, this was as close to a quote unquote scheduled loss as you could plan for. Yeah. And, and listening to the preview show um, with Justin and Steve, Steve mentioned that the last time the Hounds played three games in a week, that, that, that was their last loss. They lost that third game. And so for whatever reason, we just, that third game in a week just does us in. Um, again, I, I thought we looked good for the first five minutes, and then it just felt like we were trying to hold them back, take our chances on the counter, which we had a few chances, and then it felt like once we got the red card with Tommy V, like that was sort of it, the floodgates opened. So let me, let's start with the red card, and then we'll sort of circle back to whatever other takeaways you guys have. First of all, did you feel that it was a red card? I feel like it was a clear PK. I felt like, um, you know, watching the replay, Fortune had zero intent of actually shooting the ball. If you actually watch it, his whole game was, I'm going to shield Valkyazil off, let him hack me, and then I'm going to go down. He was not making he was not making any movement to actually shoot the ball. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I believe that. Go back and watch it. Go back I'm, and watch it. I literally... I'm watching it now. There, there, there <laughs> is no, there is no attempt to plant a foot there, and he's he's closing in on Morton, so there's no way he's gonna chip him. There's nothing. The ball's I, basically. I just, I just disagree. So. I, you're wrong. You are wrong. We're gonna leave it at that. Um, but uh, PK aside, I'm not debating that it's a PK. Do you feel it's a straight red? It Josh, has to be. It has, think to, it be. has to be. Unfortunately, okay. So by the rule, it is a clear obvious goal scoring opportunity and he's the last defender and he gets a foul against him and therefore it has to be if you're if you're calling that foul it has to be a red card because that's the the written rule if you are a defender and you do that and it's a clear goal scoring opportunity your last defender you get a red that's like the way it's written so no matter how soft it is as soon as he blows that whistle and calls it a foul there's no way he can't get a red like, it doesn't matter how soft it is. And that's what sucks, because I felt the same way when I first saw it. I'm like, that was really soft. Give him the PK, but give him a yellow. And then after discussing it and looking at the rules, it's like, okay, I understand why it had to be a red, but it still sucks. Uh, it's more of me being upset by the rule than, it, than the fact that he got it, because I feel like by the written law right now, he gets the red no matter what. Okay, so Kev, you just rewatched it again. You're you're sure that Fortune was actually going to try to take a shot there. Yes. I can't see what else you're going to do with the ball if you're right in front of the keeper. No, I, I mean, like, it, yeah, like, I, it, yeah, he's he's just coming on an angle, and you can tell, yeah, he's he's trying to make sure he can hold off Anki Zio, but that's that's just normal. You're trying to hold off a challenge and get a shot away, and I feel like that's what he was doing, and he was trying to like kind of, I don't know, I yeah, I, he was trying to score. He never got a chance to put his leg out to try to kick it. I see what you're saying, like watching the replay over and over again. Like he doesn't like plant or anything like that. But you can't say he wasn't going to plant with the next step. Like, you know what I mean? Like just because he didn't get to the plant foot yet or get to the kick doesn't mean he wasn't going to in the next step or two because he still had a little bit of time before uh, he got closed down for that goal. All right, now, Kev, you just you were literally just rewatching this, so let me ask you this because this has been playing through my head, and I just haven't had a chance to rewatch the replay. Was he close enough that you felt that Morton could potentially come off his line and challenge him in that? Yeah, but 
you know, Fortune actually does a pretty good job with keeping the ball close to him. I think that's the only problem is if, yeah, if there's a heavy touch in there, then sure, Morton rushes and he, and he claims. But I, Fortune did everything right. And look, I, I, I think the reason why Von Kiesel does what he does is because he kind of got, you know, made oh, yeah. a little bit of a fool of, yeah. of how, you know, Fortune just puts the ball right around him just, and, and it, it's way too easy. And so... No, I, 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 I mean, Fortune did well I, I, to, to keep the ball so close under the pressure and all that kind of stuff. Um, no, I, I think Morton kind of did what he should have did. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and this, I think this leads to the broader point. So I thought it was interesting. Against Red Bulls, we play a back five with Vonky Zeal in the middle of the center backs. And then this game, we play a back four and play Vonky Zeal at right back for whatever reason. Um I'm just I I'm I think he he has to he has to be in a holding midfielder position next to someone like Kenny and I, I don't he I, I don't think he's comfortable being the last defender um, you know where the likes of Greenspan and Adewale sure that's their game they understand it they're comfortable in that position but I think Vonkizil likes to do his defending higher up he Vonkizil reads the game so well and I think that kind of encourages him to to step into areas where he feel like you can intercept a pass or, or close down a player and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when you're a center back, unless you're a super aggressive defensive, you know, team, um, generally, you know, shape, you know, shape matters and picking up runs matter and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I never thought, I mean, I know he can play in like a back five or a back four. I just never thought it's, it's where he's best um, fit for. And so what, this is, didn't Vonky still get a red earlier in the season two or something? Yeah. And a similar thing where he was he was the last man defending and he gets a red. And so I, I yeah, it, it I don't think it's his game. Um it was unfortunate. And yeah, it once that happens, you know, it's yeah, floodgates open and it's really hard to to kind of, I don't know, criticize anything the hounds do after that. Because sure, part of you as a fan, you don't want to see them just completely shut it down and kind of like you know, except a one nil, two nil, or whatever. You kind of still want to go for it, and anytime you try to go for it away from home against a good team, ten, you know, down to ten men, yeah, you, there's a chance you're going to let in five, um, and that's just that's unfortunately what happened. Yeah, I, I talked to a couple different people this weekend, and a lot of their reaction was like, "What happened? Like they just beat the Red Bulls and then they lose five nothing." And I said, in all honesty, it felt like aside from the first five minutes, it felt a lot like okay, we're kind of tired. We just kind of want to get home, like regroup. Let's play this game out. And then after the red card happened, it was just like, can we, can we go now, please? Like we're, we're done. We're re- Can we get back on the bus? I just want to go home and sleep in my own bed and be done with it. Um, and it, it showed. Um, I, I think the most frustrating thing for me is I didn't see anything out of North Carolina that I thought was that spectacular. It felt purely like, we just fell apart. We never got to that point like we got in the Red Bulls game where we were playing our game and we were imposing our will on the team. It was just, it just felt like we were just hanging on and it was just, we're going to sit back. We'll, you know, we'll try to get a counter here and there, but you know, you only that, can, that, can have that a again, lusky. which is why it doesn't make sense why he plays back four. It's like, if you're going to do that and, and have a deeper line and defend more numbers, like, I don't know. It's was, it was very confusing. This is just the personnel he had access to because he didn't want to play a lot of the guys that he played on Friday. 
So is it more of a – I mean, on the midweek game, sorry, the Wednesday game, is it because he was just like, I mean, but with a the lot pieces of... I have left, here's where I, where I put them. Right. I mean, that's possible, I suppose. But, I mean, he has the likes of um, – you know, Uzo, who who he gets, Uzo gets on in a game, but like, you know, he's, he's put enough confidence into Uzo in the past where he, you know, he starts, you know, Uzo has started before. I know it's not a lot, um, but yeah. And, and, and Jordan Dover, I feel like has, I don't know. He's, he's not the first person that comes to mind when I'm thinking of players who need a break. You know, the first people that come to mind when I think of players who need a break, maybe Ryan James, uh, you know, maybe the likes of, Kenny or Robbie Mertz or, you know, not not Dover. So I was a little surprised that Dover couldn't go again. Um, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a, it's it's one of those games where it you, you get we gotta put it out of our mind. The guys have to put it out of their mind. Yeah. More importantly, they they have to like not let this be the defining game of that week because you know it obviously should be the New York game and trying to think tactically why we did what we did is the the hard part for me. Like I understand, you know, Lily wanting to put our best team forward for um, New York and want to get, you know, a kind of statement win, but was it worth doing that? And if you knew you're going to play essentially the reserve team of ours, uh, you know, the guys off the bench uh, for the North Carolina game. And the only thing I can think of, the only reason I, I can understand why he would do that is we keep on thinking of this as if all we can get to is fourth. But in reality, right now, yeah. we're only six points behind New York. Yeah, yeah. It's sure. not like New York is out of out of reach. Yeah. It's not like any of these teams are out of reach. So is the issue not so much that Lily didn't care about getting North Carolina, uh, you know, passing them is it more that he's he's looking at the long game here and he's trying to get us at the top when we're kind of all this like fourth would be great (laughs) i I think it's a little bit of that but i think it's also i don't know just from hearing interviews and hearing how he talks and all that kind of stuff i think it's it's really psychological for him too i think to 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 go into you know on paper your hardest game of the season away against the team top of the east red bulls we've never won there before and then to go into the dressing room and say all right we're gonna start you know sammy kasai and and valeski and velarde and noah frankie the players would be like are you kidding me like this is this the is biggest chance yeah, yeah this is the biggest game of the year like i you know big players want to play in big games and i think that's a hard sell to go into the to go in the locker room and and kind of say all right well we're gonna take it easy for this one or whatever um and i think that also you know it's now you know, no matter what else happens in the season, hopefully the players have that muscle memory of saying, no, we went to, you know, the number one team in the East and, and walked away with a win. And so that that's right there. It's like, okay, well, we can we can beat anyone. And, and they have that belief now. So I, th- I think there, there was a lot of good things, a lot of positives for, for why you want to take the New York game pretty seriously. And uh, and especially given the circumstances with the Red, I think it's, it's easier to put that game out of your mind uh, against uh, North Carolina. Well, it wasn't even just walk away with a win. I mean, they earned that win. They were the better team. They had more chances, oh, yeah. and they played better than the, the top team in the East. So, yeah, once the red happened, like I said, it's I can't even remember all of the goals that happened, to be honest, which, again, it plays back to the point that I mentioned earlier. 
I thought Morton, at least in that first half, did a pretty decent job. There were a couple of like one-on-none opportunities that he made saves on. There was a second PK that he saved, and then like the the rebound went right back to the shooter, who then buried it in the net. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah, there were there was one goal where he wasn't great for it, but yeah, it's I can't I can't really criticism. I think it was like the fourth or fifth goal. And yeah, it's like it yeah, what do you want? To, yeah. Like at that at that stage, yeah, mentally I'd be a little wondering as well, like thinking about other stuff, thinking about good like you know Chinese takeout or something that I'm gonna get after the game. Like I'm not gonna be thinking about my head's not gonna be in a game where we're losing four nil away from home after being away you know, on the road. It's yeah. And, and power to him, though, because he was, you know, credit to him, I should say, is the fact that he, he did look like he was completely in. And when he made mistakes, he was super upset about those mistakes. It wasn't like he was, you know, it wasn't water off his back at the time. He was he was pretty upset, and you could tell he was upset at the team as well, which rightfully so, that kind of, like, put him out the dry there, uh, especially with that PK, the second one. It's like, hey, I saved the PK. Where's where's my team to try to, you know, scoop that ball up afterwards? Um, which I mean, I don't blame them because it, it went right to the uh, kicker, so it's it's not like it was an easy uh, you know ball to get back from. But yeah, after you save a PK, that has to be frustrating. You, know, you did the thing, and then you still get a goal against you. Let me ask you this: How confident are you if the Hounds play North Carolina, which we won't play them again unless we see them in the playoffs? But say that the Hounds play them again first round of the playoffs whether it's at Highmark Stadium or North Carolina how confident are you that the Hounds walk away with three points confident I mean I'm confident with after that Red Bulls win I'm confident about all these teams like I I feel like they can win against all these teams and it won't take luck they can just win because they are better they just have to not blow it (laughs) so you know unlike sometimes where it's like oh you know with the ball bounces the right way they could get it like you know, I actually feel like they're a better team than pretty much all these teams. Kev, I, I mean, weirdly, I'm—I wouldn't say I'm like confident. I, I once again, I think we can we can you know beat any team in the league, and we shouldn't be afraid of any team in the league. But I think th- there's there's something about being be, even even if you know logically the circumstances that led to losing five 0 there's something about you know, feeling five nil <laughs> that just doesn't. It sits there and it's not good, and it's and you're and you'll remember that every time you see the North Carolina players and the North Carolina badge, you're gonna think five nil. You're gonna think red card. You're gonna think terrible day. And so yeah, I mean, it, on some level but, you can say, well, yeah, you can use that to motivate you and blah blah blah, and we're gonna get back at them and all that kind of stuff. But there's gonna be moments if and when we play North Carolina again, where if they have a good spell, if they go up one nil. This, like something just clicks in your mind, like oh crap, not again. Um, and so I, that's my only thing. I, I think we didn't, we didn't. I don't think there's, I don't think they're significantly better than us. I, if not, you know, we we probably slash might be even a little better than them over the course of the entire season. Um, the standings might tell us that by the end of the season. Um, but there there's something about that that like five nil. It's just. I think even in the 5-0 win, there was nothing that I saw from North Carolina and I went, wow, they're a good team. Like, like the when we played against them, I, there were moments where I, were like, I was like, okay, the Red Bulls are a good team. Like, there was nothing I saw from North Carolina. So I think that 
had this not been the third game in a week, had this even been the second game in a week, I feel like we could have been walking away with a 2-0, 3-0 win, in all honesty. I, there was just nothing that impressed me. Then, on top of that, they go up 4 nothing and they sub in a striker. And I'm like... <laughs> like, that, that, that right there, Kev, to me, is the bulletin board material. Like, you're up 4 nothing at home against a team that's playing their third game in a week... And you sub in a striker here, who ultimately scores. Like here, here, you here's my only run two up the score. Two things on that. I mean, we've talked about it already. I, I you start to get feelings that goal difference might have a play here. Like so true. true. Like that's not a completely idiotic thing. If you're if you're North Carolina, you know we're we still have a game in hand on them, but we're only two points back. Like th- there's it's tight, and it, it's it's I, everyone thinks it's going to stay like that. So goal difference could play a part. The other thing is, I don't know these North Carolina players. Um, like the guy who got subbed on, I don't. You uh, seem like you, you could tell D-bag. me right now. If, <laughs> you could tell me. You could tell me if I'm wrong. But maybe he's been out with an injury. Maybe he's lacking match fitness. Maybe he's just recovering. He just wants to get some minutes into the guy. Maybe he's like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he needs to rest his striker, but he doesn't want to put on a defense. You know, so like I, there are potential reasons. I could, for example, if we're at four nil and we don't really have a lot of young like strikers, like DeSantos, Brett, and Valeski are all seasoned guys. <laughs> but like we if Velarde or something. strikers at the end of the game, like we, at seventy fifth minute, we're usually subbing in Valeski. And Velarde, I mean, right. that could be you know equivalent, right? Like if we brought Velarde on for Brett or something, everyone'd be like, "Oh, really? An attacking player?" It's like, well, he's young, maybe. I don't know. Like there, there, there are reasons, but I could be. You could tell me this is all crap, and like the guy played, you know, twenty games this season, and he's, he's their top 17. striker. Well, I mean, yeah. Time. So, <laughs> but he's only gotten four starts. He's played seventeen games, four starts. So to me, he is their Velarde type player, yeah. where he's he's getting subbed in at 75th minute usually, yeah. just to wind down the clock and give the strikers a rest. But going back to something you said earlier, the whole you know next time we play them, we're gonna have that in our mind five nil five nil. Instead of thinking of that, may I suggest they think of the fact that uh, in April they lost to Atlanta two two one. You know, North Carolina, that's right. No. They're not invincible. So yeah. you know what? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't think that, but I think yeah, okay. Um, maybe maybe this is just something I need to work out in therapy. That's that's the first the first place that my mind goes to is like oh, five nil. No. I guess the other thing is too, sort of looking at our slate of games that are left and looking at their slate of games that are left. I feel fairly confident that we're going to be above them in the table come the end of the season. So. I feel like, you know, <laughs> I had to laugh because you, you look at the USL power rankings that came out, which mean absolutely nothing, but they dropped the Hounds True. two spots after this week, and they bumped up North Carolina a few spots, and they were like, oh, you know, after the Hounds lost 5 nothing, they got to take a hit. I'm like, you clearly are looking at the last game and not everything that led up to it, and you're not watching these games at all. So, thank you. That's great. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After beating the first place team in the East, let's devote them yeah, down to exactly. <laughs> rank. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, like two of North Carolina's final three games is home against Red Bulls and away against Nashville. I mean, that's not that's not a run in no. that you want. That's not that's not a final you know season ending thing that you want. Um, yeah. So that that could prove pivotal for us. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else that we should say about this game? Uh, just looking at the table again, it's, uh, be afraid of not. I don't. I don't really think we should be afraid of North Carolina. We should be afraid of Indy Eleven. Yeah, they're the team that we really have to be looking out for because they have two games in hand on us now, and they're ahead of us in the standings, but only by two points. But still, like they have two games in hand on us, so that's the team you look at. You don't look at North Carolina. Yeah, and we do play Indy at the end of September, um, yeah. so there's an opportunity there to sort of swing things back in our favor potentially a little bit. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, it is going to be a, a bit of a dogfight to get into that top four and that top spot. But, you know, again, sort of looking at our upcoming matches, we got Loudon this weekend. We have Ottawa next weekend. Then we have Louisville, Charleston, Nashville, Memphis, Indy. And then really to close it out in October, we have Loudon, Atlanta 2, St. Louis, and Birmingham, all of which are sort of scrapping along. I don't know if any of those teams are necessarily in the running to make the playoffs at this point. I know Birmingham's had a push. Birmingham's currently in 10th. St. Louis is in 11th. But St. Louis at one point was first or second in the East and have just plummeted. So it, that'll make it interesting for sure because playing those teams that are scrapping just to get into the spot is going to be more difficult than I think you know playing the teams who are A, at the bottom, or B, at the top and already know they're in a top four position. But uh, you know we'll have to sort of take it as it comes. I, I will say I'm, I'm I'm kind of in a weird way looking forward to how we will get on the next couple of games without Von Kizio. Um I could I could come to regret this, uh, and, and because obviously like Fonkyzio is one of our best players. I think tactically he's he's brilliant. I think the way he reads the game is is incredible. And obviously Lily likes him. Fonkyzio has to be the person with the most minutes this season, um, even you know, after his red cards. Um, but I think it could kind of force us into tactical, you know, systems and starting 11s that in the long run kind of benefit us. I think for a while, Lily just kind of feels forced to, to fit Vonky Zeal in a starting 11, rightfully so, because Vonky Zeal is a really good player. But I think he makes kind of compromises and sacrifices where I think, you know, there there are natural players I think that that fit into a four two three one that he'll now be forced to play. Like I think, I, like I would be surprised if he doesn't go with a back four of you know James Adewale, Greenspan, and Dover, and then like a, a sitting two of maybe, probably Dabo and Forbes, and then like Mertz, DeSantos, Kerr with with Brett. And I think that could actually be a really exciting, good lineup. Um, you know, I'm still waiting for Dabo to kind of hit the heights that we've kind of all expected since the beginning of the season after he, he's coming back from his injury. So I, I, it could be interesting. It could be a train wreck without Fonkizio because he's a really good player, but I think it could be really interesting. All right, well, let's turn the page on these two. I guess last thing, um, again, sort of harkening back to what we said before last week, you know, we said it would be okay if we came out of the stretch with three points. Josh, do you still feel it's... It's okay? You you okay with the three? Yeah, it's okay. I'm not as happy as I would be. Uh, but I, I definitely feel like we got to keep our, our eye on the ball and keep, you know, positive about what happened as far as New York goes. So, yeah, three points, two away games. That's that's more than drawing both of those games, which they always say draw away, win at home. So, 
Can't complain. Yeah. Kev, you you said it was going to be okay with three points. You still feel okay after these two? Absolutely. Okay. Good. Do you? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. You sound like you need to talk about it, Mike. No. And what luck. <laughs> We're on a podcast on the microphone. No, 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 no. No, I honestly... This felt like after the red card goal, like I said, you could sort of tell that all the air was sucked out of it. And I think that if the Hounds use this as material to build upon and push for the next month plus, then we're going to look back and say, who cares? Um, So I think the three points at Red Bull were great because that gave us a boost. We were exhausted going to North Carolina. I think we need to think more about that game on Wednesday as we go into this game on Friday than we do about the game that was on Saturday. So as long as they do that, then this is just going to be a blip and we'll move forward and it'll be fine. So, yeah. Um, Guys, before we talk about Loudon, one of the things we did last week was we sort of talked about if we had to name our dog logo, what would we name it? And we put it out on Twitter. And uh, thanks to everybody who submitted ideas. There were three that sort of stood out to me. Um, honorable mention goes to Matt Polanski, who named it Sparky. You suck up, you. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but the three that I think were, were kind of funny slash workable, and maybe we'll put it on Twitter and everyone can vote. Uh, Michael Flynn said he just assumed it would be called Mongo, which, like, yeah, that's it a pretty good name. makes a lot name. of sense. Yeah. Uh, Liz said Majoke. Which is like a combination of, I think, Mike, Josh, and Kevin, which, uh, you know, kudos to her for putting that together. I think it's funny because, you know, I at times think that this podcast is a joke. So it's like, you know, what was that? I was my joke. Uh, but uh, yeah, so thanks for that. And then Eric Paquette said Revis, which, Josh, you mentioned is somehow tied to Cerberus, the actual name of the dog. Well, I thought he, he said it was tied to servers. I have to look into that. I, I, I have to fact check it. But I do know that Rebus is also kind of like a, a river um, is, is uh, origin of that word. So it, it makes sense with the rivers. So at least for that reason alone, I can understand it. Yeah. So we're going to put it out on Twitter. We'll let everybody vote between Mongo, Majoke, and Revis. And uh, whatever you guys decide, that's what we'll ultimately unofficially name our uh, our three-headed dog logo. And uh, we'll go from there. I guess does that beg the question, is the three-headed like sea monster the same? Does it have the same name as the dog? So do we need to – we don't necessarily need to come up with a name now, but like, does it need another name? No, I, they're all the same logo. I, in my mind, they're the same creatures. Is the different. logo like a shapeshifter? Like it can yeah, turn into anything with three heads? Okay. Yeah. All right. Kevin, you just like, I'm out. <laughs> Josh's response, yeah, that's what I'm saying, was the biggest, like, let's move on from this topic. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. I mean, this is a non-starter. What are you talking about? No conversation. Uh, <sighs> Friday night, the Hounds return home to take on Loudon, guys. Uh <laughs> Loud soccer. Is, yeah, soccer. Huh? What? Who? Um, football. How about my wife said to me this weekend? I was like, I was like, okay. We we were driving somewhere, and she said, you know, I know that you would love to be doing nothing but sitting around and watching football. And I was like, huh? What? Watching? Watching what? I was like, like football? You mean like European football? And she was like, yeah. I don't think I've ever heard her refer to soccer as football before. Like, I feel like I've made strides in our relationship in so many ways. I think she was just trying to make fun of you. <laughs> you, you took it the wrong in way. In the sincerest like, kind of way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what happened there. That's what happened. Yeah. No, I actually right. really want to do like a podcast discussion about that. Do you guys think of it as soccer or football? It's soccer. Yeah. It's in America. It's soccer. I don't care. 
<laughs> we've, I mean, we've had this discussion before. I feel some level of pride that the Hounds decided to go with soccer. I mean, we've had we had uh, um, Jason Cutney on, and he passionately pushed for it to be called soccer. But I sort of look at us. I look at Orange County SC, even Nashville SC. I kind of like that over teams that are all FC. You know, whatever. Let us know what you think on Twitter. Is it SC FC? Whatever. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Loudon comes to town on Friday. They are currently 14th in the table. They only have one point in their last four games. Um, we're not going to dive into too many of the details. In case you missed it, uh, Justin had sort of a new format to the preview show this past week. He brought on Steve, and together they broke down all the statistics to find sort of the hidden storylines that could ultimately impact the game. I thought they did a fantastic job. We're looking forward to having that sort of through the rest of the season. Um, so keep an ear out for that before this game on Friday. Guys, this is a must win, right? I mean, I shouldn't even say a must win, but like, are we even going to entertain the notion of us getting a draw or a loss here? Kevin, you've been sort of the Eeyore of the show so far. Are you, are you thinking this is a win? Is this a draw? What is, is this not a loss? Is that, no, is that like, no, this, this should be a win. This is, we're, we're home which is, you know, A, immediately not a loss. And then on top of that, yeah, I mean, Loudon aren't good. <laughs> they've played 21 games and have 20 points. That's, that's less than a point a game. Um, they've only won five games this year. Uh, they're, and, and they're not in good form, as you just mentioned. What, it's like you said like one win in the last four or something? One point in the last four. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. Um, this is the perfect game to bounce back from losing 5-0 without Vonkisio. We're home, blah, blah, blah. No midweek game. We have a long rest between these games, and then we have a rest after that as well. So there's not like we don't have to do any kind of mixing up with the starting lineups. We would expect, you know, the, the strong starting lineup minus Vonkisio. Um So, no, yeah, it, it has to be one. Josh? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear you know a must win and i don't i don't believe that per se i don't think it's a must win i I agree for like not like we don't need to win this to still achieve what we have like want to achieve exactly that's what i'm saying like it's not a must win but it's definitely a very well should win like it's like i don't see why we wouldn't win this game and more importantly i i feel like it's just the fact that this team can get it done they know they can get it done there's no reason for them to second you know guess themselves this this is a no-brainer game i don't think it's a trap game and when he calls it a trap game i hate you but <laughs> this isn't a trap game this is just a game that is just run of the mill this is a game we should win yeah i guess instead of saying must win i should have phrased it as this is a game we're not gonna not win right should like, should is the word you're looking for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no double negative it's much English more is easy hard. to understand yeah. <laughs> exactly uh, okay so I, know, I, I feel like none of us are good with words and we run a podcast <laughs> like this <laughs> terrible uh, maybe recording on monday is our yeah. issue i'm just saying uh, possible Okay, so we're all saying that the Hounds are going to win this game. We're not even going to, unless you guys really want to, I don't think it's worth bothering with score predictions. Um, Instead, I've really been enjoying this whole, like, over-under thing where we sort of project a few games out and sort of look at it. So let's try that. So we're going to, we got Loudon and home on Friday. The following Friday, we travel to Ottawa. And then the following Saturday, or I should say a week from that, like a week plus from that, we get Louisville um, at home. 
So there's three matches. I'm going to set the over-under at six and a half points over those three games. So that's basically, do you think it's two wins and a loss? Do you think it's two wins and a draw? If it's two wins and a draw, you're taking the over. If there's a loss in there at all, you're taking the under. So, Josh, where do you stand? Loudon at home, Fury on the road, Louisville City at home, six and a half points. Ugh, I, I, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking, like, I could definitely see this being four points. Uh, Louis, I don't think we lose just because uh, I, I really don't want to see that home record shattered of us at least always getting a draw. Um, so I'll say a draw there, plus loud and we win, so there's four points. And then Ottawa, I, I, I could see us losing against Ottawa. I don't know why, but Ottawa has kind of scared me this season. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's just Francois that scares me. I think that's all it is. Anytime I think of Ottawa, I'm like, oh, man, Francois, he's going to kill us. <laughs> so, yeah. Does it make you feel any better that four games ago, Louisville lost 3 nothing to Loudon? I mean, that helps. It makes me think six is possible. But still, I I'm, I would say probably six. Okay, so you're taking um, the under. Yeah. Okay. Kev, what are you taking? I, I think two wins and a draw is just about right. I, I think that's what I would expect. Um I think with our form, sure we lost we lost a game finally, but what? That's five wins in the last six. Like that's not bad form. Like this is we're no. fine. And so, in the two home games, I expect us to win. I think I don't know. This is probably just me personally, but yeah, Louisville's kind of always been on the conscious. But I think we we've now shifted that after being them earlier on in the season, especially away from home. Louisville aren't doing that great. Uh, I mean, they're doing, they're doing fine. They'll probably make the playoffs and everything, but um, they're not the force they have been. I feel I feel fine about that. Yeah, Ottawa's the only game. And the reason why I still feel kind of good about that is what Ottawa's schedule has been a bit more hectic lately. They had some kind of like two-legged affair Canadian game with Tor- uh, Toronto or something um, that they played kind of back-to-back games, and that was recently. And um, so... Yeah, they, they've they've. It's not like they're they have tons of time, and they're resting and all that kind of stuff. The away game isn't going to help, but um, yeah, I I think a draw is still very reasonable against Ottawa. I'm taking the over. I think it's nine points. Um, I think if the Hounds get back to the way that they played prior to this game in North Carolina, which again we're sort of saying is a blip, I don't see any of these teams doing it, especially not at home. I mean, I could see the argument that playing away at Ottawa. Um, you know, you sort of have to be cautious of Francois and, and all of that, and that's fine. But I just feel like what I saw in the second half against the Red Bulls, where the Red Bulls wanted to play their style, and we said, nope, you're playing the way we want to play, and we made them do it, and we look good doing it. There's no reason why we can't do that to any team. Now, again, this is the USL Championship. Consistency is not always the easiest to come by, but... I, I, mean, think- I mean, if if we get nine points, where would you expect us to be in the table after nine points, after three after, after three more games? So we're currently in sixth. 
Um, you know, North Carolina is going to play Tampa this week, like yeah. Wednesday. So yeah. I sort of see them. And then in in three games time, Tampa plays Nashville too. Right. So I could easily see us sitting top three after these three games. And you expect us to. I would. I mean, I haven't done the math. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, <laughs> softly, yeah, nine points. Softly, that I should, see that us should get us around third. I would agree. Above six, yeah. I mean, that, that's sort of where we're looking. So yeah, I could see us being there. Um, if you disagree, let me know. Come at me. We can have the conversation. <laughs> not partic- not I mean, I want that to happen too. I'm yeah. just <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, this felt a little bit cathartic. Um, that's the right word, right? I know we're terrible at words. I, I just, it was a big word and it felt right. So I said it. This didn't not feel cathartic. <laughs> I think what you wanted to say. It did not not feel terrible. So that's good. Uh, guys, is there anything else you want to talk about before, uh, you know, we sort of head into this game this week? Uh, I'm looking forward to a, a fun game to watch at home. It's going to be on a Friday. It's going to be Hawaiian shirt day for the Steel Army. So uh, make sure you wear your Hawaiian shirt, Steel Army members. Uh, uh, we might have some lays for everyone. So, uh, you know, come, have fun, and uh, let's get back on it. And between now and then, make sure you watch Office Space because, you know, <laughs> Hawaiian shirt day. Yes. <sighs> All right. I think that's it. Like I said, keep an ear out for Justin and Steve. Uh, their preview show will come out this week. I think we're also supposed to get a new soccer better this week as well. Um, Laura Ellen's been teasing a lot of uh, data-driven stuff that could be coming out. It's always really interesting, so keep an ear out for that as well. Otherwise, also, well, also I was going to say, I mean, Friday should be amazing. I'm, I'm just looking at the weather for you guys. It's predicting to be 75 and just cloudy, no rain. Oh, oh that sounds gosh. wonderful. Yeah, I would, I would kill for that weather down here. <laughs> that sounds great. We'll, we'll talk more off air. Thanks for our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to Mongols to hear all the shows we put out, including the preview show and a post-game full 90. You can also click over to the store, get yourself some merch. Follow us on Twitter at Mongols, at MongolsPod on Instagram. Obviously, head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. We want to know. Like, it's great. A lot of people don't give us... Or I shouldn't even say positive. Not even like just constructive. A lot of people feedback. hate us. That's what you're saying. A, a lot, lot of people, people hate, us. hate us. I'm trying to do the double negative and say it in a more positive way. A lot of people hate this show, and we don't really care. Um, but no, like we asked sort of about feedback the about the preview show. Polanski gave some good constructive criticism. So um, yeah, let us know what you think. And uh, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you very very soon. Cheers. Later.